Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show for our financial hour. Joining us, Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. So I listened to a guy on YouTube uh, that has posted like 1,300 episodes since uh, COVID. His name is Lee Sklar, S-K-L-A-R, Leland Sklar, and, and he was a well-known session bass player for unbelievable amount of musicians in Los Angeles. And he, he in the last two or three um, weeks, he's done three or four uh, shows on, uh, talking about working with Linda Ronstadt. And uh, this is a, a song uh, that she sang that was originally sung by a woman named Wanda Jackson. Wanda Jackson uh, became sort of well-known through the Shreveport uh, version of the Grand Ole Opry. Uh, the Kentucky version of the Grand Ole Opry was, of course, Renfro Valley, but uh, the one in Shreveport was called the Louisiana Hayride. And so, uh, but Linda Ronstadt uh, obviously performed lots of different kinds of music in her career, a long career. You know, it's it's a little disconcerting. I was somewhere, um, and there was some girl in her 30s, and a song came up, and uh, I said, that's Linda Ronstadt. And she said, really? I've never heard of her before. And I mean, this is a woman, young woman in her 30s. And I said, oh, she's extremely, uh, she's performed for 40 years until her voice gave out. And a couple minutes later, this girl's obviously on her phone. She says, wow, she won a couple of Grammys. And this is the level of ignorance. And when, when, when you have a populace that has become that dumbed down, you can tell them just about anything and they'll believe it, which is exactly what we see nowadays. But, uh, um, you know, it's, it's a thing that uh, is um, ubiquitous now, is, is that when, when people have everything at their fingertips, they don't think they have to work very hard to, to know anything and and that's not good or they don't question they don't they question read, anything yeah. for damn sure yeah that's absolutely right until you know it bites them in the you know what all right what are we going to talk about we got 90 minutes today and the reason is i want to start off by saying um we don't get paid to do this radio show on the other Actually, on the converse of it, we pay quite a bit to do this show. And, 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 and why is that? Well, if we buy the time, then we can pretty much say what we want to, and we don't have to go get sponsors and, you know, have uh, uh, a lot of things that uh, if, you're, if you're in the radio business, which means you're being paid by the radio station, you're now a professional radio person, uh, you kind of have to dance to their drummer. And so what we've always done is rented the time and talked about what we wanted to talk about. And there's a, 
a lot of pressure if you're a, a professional media person that is getting paid to do the media to conform to somebody's way of thinking. We chose to pay for our own time and conform to our own way of thinking. And one of the things that we did uh, over the last two to three months, really three months longer than that, is began to decide that we thought interest rates were probably going to come down fairly soon. We actually ran some ads about it. We're getting ready to update some of those. Uh, but I had uh, more than one person tell me, did you make the wrong ad? In other words, you, you're out there saying rates are going to go uh, lower and they're actually going higher. And meanwhile, Jamie Dimon is saying they're going to go up. So you're you're going against what Jamie Dimon has to say. Tom. Well, uh, uh, Jamie Dimon says something different every month. And, and so did Bill Gross. And even really the only kind of bond guru that's been out there has been Jeff uh, Gunlock saying that he thought rates were going to go lower. Bill Gross didn't say, you know, they were going to go a lot higher, but he said, well, just keep your money in two-year treasuries right now, which is essentially saying stay in cash. If you stayed in cash, you missed the rally that's happened in the last uh, three weeks, three and a half weeks. So um, the thing is, the reason we buy our time is because we believe that for us to be really unbiased in what we're saying and not compelled to peddle any um, one narrative or another we need to pay for the time so we we can say what we believe is the right thing and 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 what we believe is the right thing is that rates are going to go lower and now they're already lower the 10-year treasury has gone from slightly over five percent or right at five percent to just under four percent as we speak so now what's the next way forward? Well, we're not going to give you everything that we're thinking, but if you've been thinking about uh, giving us a call, it's probably a good time to do it, especially if you're sitting on cash waiting for things to uh, – waiting for the buy signal to come out. And, and, and I talked for two, to two or three people – who had significant amounts of cash, they were making 5% in the cash. There's no incentive to do anything. Well, we said two months ago, you better not get complacent about your cash because that's going to change. Yesterday, I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal. When it finally makes it to the Wall Street Journal, everybody knows about it. And the, and I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal that said, you're getting 5% on your cash, but that could change when the Fed starts cutting interest rates next year. Oh, I guess I'll wait till next year. And the other things that we've been seeing is the best time to buy bonds is is between when the Fed stops cutting or raising interest rates 
and they start cutting because if you buy the the market already knows what the Fed hadn't told you yet, which is all right, we're done with our job. Everybody figures that out because a lot of times it seems to me the last person to know is the Fed chairman, really. And uh, so uh, now we've seen a rally, and there there was already a big rally going on before they said, well, we might cut three times next year. Of course, it rallied even further, and now it may be a little bit overdone. Who knows? But there you have it. If you want to know what's going to happen next, you're going to have to make an appointment with us. (laughs) Yeah, to exactly what you're saying that once because the basically the underlying mantra there on a lot of these was when i when it feels better or when i see that rates are going to start coming down in money market then we will when it's make comfortable a change. for me to when do it's it. comfortable to do it um yeah, but i want to I be sure that it's it's yeah, not going to go yeah. more the go up more yeah so you're looking for clarity the problem is one good thing about a money market fund you don't see a loss every day or or it doesn't go up and down but but what you don't see is the opportunity cost uh you know what you missed out on and because money markets um the rates you know likely coming down and now you've seen everything repriced. The you know the bonds have rallied. Uh, a lot of you know equities, you know dividend paying stocks have rallied here in the short run, um, and so it's and it was doing that because every everybody was so uncomfortable a month and a half ago right. because it was uncomfortable. Um, but if well, I mean, we had that last sell off that hit everybody by yeah. surprise. We all, including me, thought the market was cheap. I hadn't jumped in and started buying anything yet. But when the, you had that last sell down, it things were. It was obviously capitulation. Yep, September, which means October. They throw it all away, and then things are just. You, I mean, some of the stuff we bought, they the trading desk didn't even know how to. Yeah, go get them <laughs> right. And so. You you have opportunities when things are uncomfortable, but you're not going in and buying blindly. You know that's that's the that's a big difference. You're not just throwing a dart. Essentially, you're you're doing research on particular companies, on you know particular bonds, how they're structured, what what's backing them. Um, so it, it's it's an educated thesis, if you will. There's an investment thesis behind it. Um, but the, the timing is when things are uncomfortable. Um, and that's, I mean, how many, that's when you can make the most money is when, uh, when you are buying things, when you're still not sure about uh, if, if, uh, you're going to see it go down more before it goes up. And how many times on the show, you know, over, you know, the last 10 years, have we been talking about that exact same thing? You know, different things going on in the markets that everybody's worried about. You know, the market's worried about, the market goes down, and that's when you get opportunities to buy things. This was no different. Um, you know, the market was down. This time it was down because of interest rates and looking at, you know, fundamentals on some of these companies. You know, some stocks that had gone down, you know, 40 50% in some cases, and you look at the fundamentals, like, well, there's, they're good. And it's a good yield. The dividend's there. That's an opportunity. And we're still seeing opportunities out there. Um, but 
uh, the, this uh, James McIntosh, he, he writes for the, uh, for the wall street journal. And, uh, he's, he leans a little bit contrarian on some of his, on some of his things. And he, he's, he's a pretty good writer. Um, I like the, is an article he just put out, beware the most crowded trade on wall street. And that's next year's soft landing. Uh, so the crowded trade, if you were, uh, if, if you would, you know, two months ago was extreme pessimism. Everybody was scared to death. You know, the crowded trade was cash. Yeah. Now you're starting to see some of these things that have rallied, uh, to the point that it's saying we're going to have a soft landing. You look at the, what the market's pricing in, uh, federal funds, futures market, uh, is 99.5% confident that the rates will be much lower. Uh, future traders think it's a 50-50 that rates will end next year below the lowest uh, forecast, which was 3.9%. Uh, they're pricing we're in five a, and a quarter to five and a half as we stand right now. Yeah, they're, they're pricing in a 16% probability that a, a rate cut will come as soon as next month and an 82% chance of a cut by March. So you've seen the market shift, you know, it just, everybody moved from one side of the boat to the other. That Very quickly. Up, uh, that March number's up about, uh, it's up from about 50% uh, from before the Fed meeting. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not opportunities because you've seen certain areas of the market get real toppy here recently. You know, just a, it's a quick move up, but that was coming from, you know, extreme pessimism in some cases. Um, so there are still opportunities and there's still good yields there, but as always, you have to be careful and you, you got to be careful of just following the crowd, you know, all the way from one side of the boat to the other. The problem with this market these days is that when things happen, they happen very quickly right. and very dramatically. So we had a large move up. In, in lots of different kind of asset categories, especially since the Fed announcement Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. Today we're recording this Friday afternoon. We had a huge move Wednesday from, what, 2.30 till the close. Right. Then we had a, a just as big a move yesterday in a lot of things. Now, the yeah, bonds the, the stuff that had been working, like the, high, the Magnificent Seven, weren't doing well the last that's right. Day and a half of trading. Well, the bonds today haven't really moved much. They're they're dead on where they were. But the equities that were keying off the move in bonds, they pull back uh, and are pulling back even more as we go later into the day. And we're getting close to closing time here. Uh, we're about an hour, 57 minutes away. So you're always going to get a pullback. But now... It sounds like all we think about on this show is is what investments to buy. No, the, the truth is the investments that we buy for our clients, and I will add that our clients, we don't run a mutual fund here. We have separately managed accounts. We're a registered investment advisor under the security uh, security. Uh, Advisors Act of 1940, um, and we have separate accounts for people. Um, and so each person owns their own stocks and bonds. It's that simple. 
you don't uh, get into a mutual fund that your money's commingled with other people. So we're constantly looking at the markets because somebody brings their money in here. We're going to be putting money to work in this market today. Uh, when things are dirt cheap, we will maybe take some of the uh, money from our clients' accounts and, and buy some of these things that we like. Uh, but we can't always invest every bit of money in a given market because some of it's already invested. Yeah. So we buy things when we have an opportunity to do it. But today, if somebody walks in here and, and says, here's a million dollars, just invest it uh, the way you do, we're going to buy the securities that we buy at the prices that they're trading at today. Um, when we make a market call, which is very rare, but it's something that we did in the last uh, three to six months, it's because we feel very strongly about what we're seeing. And I will just say that in past history, we have tended to be right more than we've been wrong. I'll just put it that way. It's not any guarantee of any results, but our track record has been decent. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> something else we've talked about, you're looking at you know the Magnificent Seven stocks versus basically everything else in the market. Since the end of October, you've seen the rally start to broaden out. So the Russell 2000, which is, you know, small, smaller companies, that's gone up 20% from the end of October. Uh, the equal weight S&P 500 uh, has gone up more than 12%. So you've started to see the rally broaden out from just the, the magnificent seven stocks. Because um, prior to November, you know, the magnificent seven, uh, just those seven stocks, was up about 105%. The, the, if, you look, if you view those as just an, an what index. What are those stocks? Uh, so that'd be uh, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Apple, um, let's see, Google, Meta. Help me out, Chad. What's, what are the Meta's Facebook. Yep, Meta's, Meta's the four. Netflix, Facebook. one of them. I don't think Netflix is. You, now you, uh, Mike's taking all the easy ones. <laughs> Amazon, yep. Amazon yep. is one. So those stocks right, have, have the been the whole reason why the S&P 500 is up. You have to understand, and this is something the average person doesn't get. If you have an, a 401k or if your money's being managed by a professional manager that buys ETFs, there's a very good chance that your equity exposure is in the S&P 500, and that is not equally weighted. That is more weighted towards the bigger stocks. Yes. The bigger stocks have been responsible for the outperformance of the S&P 500. The average person, when you tell them that, their eyes glaze over. They don't know. They don't want to know. But the reason it's not going to do as well is because those things have gotten fully valued, and we have put our clients into the equal weight S&P 500 where the, the big uh, – Magnificent seven don't get more weighting than the smaller stuff. And the smaller stuff is starting to come on and perform better. Some of the money's going over into those names. All right. That's a good place to stop. You're listening to the Tom Dupree show with Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, and our host, Tom Dupree. 
If you'd like to hear more of the Tom Dupree Show, go to our website, dupreefinancial.com, and click on the radio tab. We'd love to let you know how we can make your money work for you. You can also book an appointment on our homepage, dupreefinancial.com. We'll be back with more of the Tom Dupree Show in just a minute. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. You've heard me describe bonds as being timely investments lately. Recently, there have been numerous pieces of economic news which may be pointing to a recession. One of them is that credit card use among consumers has declined. Recessions almost always are accompanied by lower interest rates. Lower interest rates mean generally higher bond prices. At many times in the past, the best time to buy things have been when the outlook is unfavorable. For a no-cost, no-obligation examination of your retirement investment portfolio, call the Pre-Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at DupreeFinancial.com. Back to the Tom Dupree Show for our financial hour. Joining us, Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. You know, this reminds me of being 27 years old and just moving to Houston, Texas from Kentucky, which I never lived in a big city except for four and a half years from 1983 to 1987. And I just sent Elizabeth another song. You pot that one down and play the next one. Because this is by the same group. And this really kind of defines 
the way it was back then. I mean, uh, Houston, Texas had um, a lot of nightclub type places. And this was in the 80s. And you would go in some of those places on, let's say, a Tuesday night. And you'd think it was Saturday. I mean, it would be packed. And they had this one place called Confetti's that had like four stories. And, and, and it's like this big atrium. They had that ball. People were dancing down on the dance floor. And there'd be all these people hanging over. And it was, it you could go out every night. And these were people that had to go to work in the morning. I mean, it, it was just, it was a different thing altogether. Turn it up. Now, this is the same group. They're a new wave group from England. And there was something tongue-in-cheek about everything that was, quote, new wave. It was, it was like a joke in a way. You know, call a group Wang Chung. Why? They weren't really serious about it. And they were just having fun. And that's what, listen to the word. That's what they were doing, buddy. All right, there you go. Now you have a little piece of history. <coughs> the other thing that was fun, I got to go to all the office the next day and sell municipal bonds with a 10% coupon <laughs> with two points in them. And, or, you know, the market was rallying at that point, but it hadn't gotten... I mean, that's why when you get into a real bond rally, you know, it can go a long way. Uh, but back then, we were starting off a much, I mean, rates had gotten severely high in 81, 82. This is around 84, 85. Rates were coming way down. We'd had a big rally, but we weren't even near where we were going to get to. So I could go out. If I got to the office by like 8.30 the next morning, I said, my customers weren't going to pick up the phone any earlier than that i start i look at the inventory <laughs> we got tens at par baby 400 of them double a rated houston geos how many do you want <laughs> it was fun it was a blast and, and i mean you know and and so uh, that i mean uh, what wouldn't i give for another 10 percent municipal heck i'd give anything for a six percent municipal but anyway Municipals are tax-free. That's why we haven't bought many lately because they're just too expensive. But so where do what, let's go back to what we were talking about. And you're talking about the different asset categories yeah. that have been so you're, rallying and they go up and they go down. Yeah, you're seeing, you're seeing the rally broaden out from the Magnificent Seven. So some of the areas that were hated – Two months ago, those were that's where you're seeing some of the biggest rallies. So you look at real estate. Um, you look at uh, it, really almost anything that has utilities, uh, utilities interest rate sensitive areas. That's where you've seen a huge rally uh, in the last month, month and a half. Um, 
Now, probably going to take a little bit of a breather for a while. It could, uh, but what you're seeing, you are seeing fundamentals improve. It was an area no, that was right just that. it was just so oversold. I mean, you think about it. You had almost two years of bad news pessimism yeah. priced into these kind of culminating in the Silicon Valley uh, yeah. bank yeah. thing because it, the the story in in uh, March was. Well, all these bank portfolios are getting way underwater because, uh, you know, they bought bonds uh, at one and a half percent. Yeah. And now, you they know, we're getting lots close of bonds to, at one yeah, and a half percent. We're getting yeah. close to a five yield, which mm-hmm. means, you know, 10, 12 year bonds in their portfolio are at a 30 percent discount from what they paid. Yeah. And that's a big haircut if you had to market to market. Right now, it's going to be a big hit to your capital. Yep. Of course, those are the bonds in the last four weeks that have rallied the most, the discounts. They've come up in price. One thing that's not being talked about is that the uh, the hole, in the, the market-created hole in the portfolio of a lot of these commercial banks is probably been cut in half or yeah. maybe even more. That's right. Well, and back in March with with SVB happening, that had reverberations through the market. So you had, you know, mortgage back, you know, agency mortgages, different things. You they know, had to that, sell them off. They had, because those were one of the most liquid And they securities. got unbelievably cheap. Exactly. And that's when we did some buying. Lots yep. of supply, not as much demand. So that's what yeah. happens. And it's yeah. when you dump a lot of supply. So you had the big banks selling mortgage backs. You also had the Federal Reserve basically letting their portfolio. They'd been buying 20, 30 billion a month forever. And yeah. reinvesting for, for the, uh, the interest. And yeah. reinvesting the interest. And wham, that stops. No more new buys and no more reinvestment of the, uh, of the well, re- they were reinvesting the principal as it, as it was. Well, yeah, the coupon payments they were receiving. So they were it was keeping it fully invested in mortgage backs. They're letting that portfolio roll off, yeah. and, and uh, therefore it created a buying opportunity if you knew what you were looking exactly. for. Exactly, and I think it's it's hard for listeners to really understand because it can come across as almost kind of, when we're talking about this stuff, well, you know, that wasn't that big a deal, that wasn't that... Go back and listen to the shows. I mean, the this is not the conclusions that we're coming to, this isn't just something like off the cuff conclusion. These are things that we've labored over these conclusions, you know, looking at, you know, portfolios of mortgage bonds out there, talking with companies, what's going on, you know, looking at what interest rates are doing, talk, I mean, kind of getting way down in the weeds on some of this stuff. So it's not just a Oh, don't worry about it. You know, the market's choppy. That's just part of markets. It's not that at all. It's yes, Silicon Valley Bank, that was a scary, that was a scary event. But it was going digging in and looking and say, okay, what caused that? What what kind of reverberations could that continue to have? What could those effects have on different companies? Um, and then you come to a conclusion from that. It's not just 
well, the market's down. It'll come back. Don't worry about it. It's not that kind of thing. So I think it's, and our, our clients understand that because when we're sitting down with them explaining what's in their portfolio, they're, they're getting that full description of everything in the portfolio in the weeds as much as they want to get. Um, so it's, it's based on analysis, research, experience. Um, that's how these conclusions, that's how we come to these conclusions. Yeah, and pain. Yeah. Yeah. Arguments, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Fist fights, yes. We look at the, the markets, and, and, and we've been in pain before. You know, it, it's not a – if you don't sweat blood a little bit in this business over your client's holdings – and the 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 safety and the um the investment of your client's money if it doesn't trouble you from time to time i, I question how much skin you've really got yeah. in this game yeah because well the other thing uh people talk about you know the magnificent seven you know is up whatever you know amount it is year to date but they gloss over they don't ever put it in context uh what happened in 2022 with the magnificent seven stocks, uh, because you know peak to trough in 2022, Google was down 46 percent, Amazon was down 56 percent, Nvidia was down 66 percent, Facebook 77 percent, and yeah, Facebook. I keep forgetting about they were just well, part of there was self inflicted because right. he got off on this uh, the metaverse metaverse, metaverse thing, yeah. and and now I don't think he's into it as yeah. much. I think the so market he's he's revised his uh, his business plan for it anyway, and it doesn't involve spending tens of billions of dollars or, or close to you know huge amounts of money anyway on something that they haven't turned a profit on yet. And that that show that's the other problem with those types of companies in 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 the context of retirement income production is that you look at what they've done year to day. Wow, that's phenomenal. Yeah, but look what happened in 2022. Look what happened in times past. The the volume 2001 2002 exactly. was well, a pretty it, terrible time for these uh, tech stocks it as took, well. It took Intel over 20 years to get back to even. Um, Same Microsoft. I don't know if it was that long, but it was uh, it was close to it. Yeah. If not. And so the you have to look at it in you know big picture context and remember what we're trying to do. We're trying to we're investing you know money that's for retirement. Um, you know many of our clients, most of our clients are you know in or uh, getting ready to retire, and so it's a different type of investment. You have a different set of rules that you're working with. Uh, and the rules are set by the client circumstances. Uh, yeah. Withdrawals, distributions. Everybody's different. That's why it's not a mutual fund. Yeah. You know, some people think we, we have a fund here. No, we structure the portfolios to go with everybody's particular needs. That's the point of it. Right. Right. And you know, it's the, you know, consistent communication, um, education. That's, that's all, that's a huge part of it. But the markets this year, uh, they have been volatile. Volatility, because if you're a long-term investor, volatility can be one of the, that volatility should be your friend as a long-term investor. Everybody says they're a long-term investor until their portfolio is down 20%. Yeah. I'm tell, I'm sorry. The, the average person views a big market meltdown 
as sort of the end of the world. And it's easy to do. But what we, the thing that sets us apart is if we are good about our research, and if we've done our research, then a market meltdown of 20% we can view as an opportunity, which is exactly what we did with bonds and duration. They yep. were down more than 20%. Yeah. Some bond, you know, your longer term bonds were down 30 to 35% on the face. And, you know, you saw a bond that was at par now trading for 70. That's a big drop, especially when you know you've got 20 years to wait to get your principal back. But and, bonds are supposed to be safe, Tom. That's why they're 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 safer alternatives to stocks, aren't they? Well, uh, <laughs> now there's two. Were you counts. teeing him up? Let me do that. Uh, there's there's different descriptions of safe. If it's a well-rated bond, the safety part is the probability that they'll be able to pay the interest until the maturity, and then pay back the principal when the bond matures. That's the part that if you do your credit research, that should be relatively safe. The part that's not safe is what's called interest rate risk. And this is why we're not ever going to be super long-term investors in bonds, even though we've added some bonds to our portfolio here. We also have lots of dividend-paying stocks that long-term, we actually like them better. Mm -hmm. But when bonds get to a certain point where they're just dirt cheap, we've bought some, there's a chance at some point we sell them or go into something else. You know, um, they're, they're putting us in a nice yield right now. And, if, and to have been able to collect 6%, when inflation is now down to around three, you're actually uh, grossing your yield above the rate of inflation. But we don't particularly buy bonds for a long-term asset category because we really like dividend-paying stocks better. But the interest rate risk hit everything. Yeah. So it affected not only bonds, it affected stocks also because a stock is nothing but a long-duration investment similar to, say, a zero-coupon bond. Uh, unless it pays a nice dividend, then it's more like a bond it's, is. The stocks being ownership in a company, if that company increases its profitability, you have the possibility of not only appreciation of your capital, but an increase in the dividend so you could have both an increase in the value of your investment principle, also an increase in the cash flow that it produces. Because mm -hmm. remember, it's uh, you know, capital allocation. That's what companies do. You look at you know Costco, uh, what they came out with, where they're paying a special oh, dividend. You're bragging a little bit. I'm not you? bragging on anything. I'm just on saying. Your stock pick there. No, this is just in the news. This is not an endorsement. This is not a recommendation. Everybody, tell everybody that, Please that consult you a made sure we bought Costco, <laughs> which we did. And but at this point, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty expensive now. But Mike likes to kind of get a word in every now and then. You know, when he gets one right, that's right. Is, you know. Good thing to do. No, that's been an awesome company. And the late, great Charlie Munger was yes. on their board 
Yes, and, he was. You know, that company is just head and shoulders above other people in the space. And then they just, you know, capital allocation, they just declared a special dividend. Um, and so you, you're looking at, you know, hopeful growth over time plus income and then, you know, growth of income. You know, we have one one company in the portfolio that they're on their 63rd year of raising dividends. There's another one and that's you would been not want to work there. No. There's another one because that's, that's has boring decades of it. Yes, it's boring there yeah. too. And and so it's it, the portfolio is a combination of, you know, current income, growth of income, hopeful growth and price appreciation and that's the balancing act that we try to find for each particular client yeah because you're going to be withdrawing principal if you're retired and that means no i'm, I'm sorry you're going to be withdrawing money from your portfolio what kind of money are you going to withdraw the principal or the dividends because dividends are paid entirely separate from principal. A lot of people think that if a stock goes down, it doesn't pay a dividend that year. Some people think that the stock going up is the dividend. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and we would sit around and say, oh, God, God, can you believe what he just said? Now, the, the truth <laughs> is not everybody really is familiar with how this stuff works. That's why I ran that ad the other day or a few months ago about you may not know that much about investing other than what you read in the wall street journal or here on cnbc this is a th way that we can talk to you tell you what do you have in your portfolio what's it going to do in given market circumstances and uh what do we think might be a good way to invest? When you, you look at money market, you know, the idea that, hey, it's it's stable, it's earning 5%. You compare that with this other company. It's a stock, so you have fluctuation in price. But when you're looking at the yield, if you're getting, you know, somewhere in the 3 3 3.5% on the dividend yield, current yield, um, but that is a likely growing income stream over time versus money market that's likely a declining uh, yield moving forward as interest rates go down right. that that's that's the difference in short term and and short term needs you know cash is useful and needed obviously for short term things but that's why you've got to structure the portfolio short term needs long term needs long term growth that's that's where you've got to find that balance. Okay, Elizabeth, take it away. <laughs> All right, well, Wang Chung it a little more. At Dupree Financial Group, we are here to guide you to and through retirement and help you make your money work for you. If you'd like to learn how we do that, give us a call, 859-233-0400. You can also schedule an appointment with us directly on our homepage at dupreefinancial.com. And as always, you can hear more of the Tom Dupree Show on the website. You click on dupreefinancial.com on the radio tab. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more of the Financial Hour and Extended Version today. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a few minutes. <laughs> 